Well, welcome to another week of the Tyson Pre-Show. I'm so excited about this week. I've got a great interview lined up. But before I get to that, um, I came across this quote. Uh, my dad sent it to me, actually. It is uh, Deharius Daniels. He says, transition creates a God gap between where you are now and where you want to be. He fills it with grace. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're in transition. Maybe you're somewhere between point A and point B. You're trying to figure out who I am, where am am I going, what am I doing. This podcast is for you. As I interview people that have gone through major life transitions, major struggles, and then they share with us what they have learned, I think is just overwhelming to realize how many people go through transitions in life and realizing that things are for a season. Well, listen, if that is you, I would encourage you to email me, Tyson at TysonPriest.com. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to connect. I also do life coaching and I host a group coaching session called a mastermind on Tuesdays where we work through our transitions and work through the things that are going on in our lives, getting us from point A to point B. I work with people that are growing side hobbies into businesses. So if that's you, I'd love to hear from you, Tyson at TysonPriest.com or visit my website, TysonPriest.com. It recently just got an overhaul and I think you will enjoy it. On the website, I've got a couple of free tools. One is a 30-day ferocious faith challenge to really help you take your spirit spiritual intensity to the next level. And the other one is trying to figure out what you're going to do as you're in a transition, as you're pivoting or making those changes. I've got a tool out there on TysonPriest.com. You just click on climb tools to help you climb your mountain and own it. And you can click on the own your mountain PDF, download that for free, begin to work through it and help yourself get through the challenges of a transition. Or again, also out there is a 30-day ferocious faith challenge to help you take your spiritual life to the next level. Well, listen, without any further ado, I want to welcome my guest, Brian Dixon. I recorded this interview just yesterday, so let's get into the interview. All right, well, welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing? Awesome. It's so good to see you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being on. Thanks for taking the time. I know you've got a great story. You're an inspirational guy. Um, Our listeners are going to really enjoy having you on this show. Before we uh, dive into our topic, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little Mm -hmm. bit of background for our listeners? Yeah. I I think if I had to summarize uh, kind of what I'm all about, it's helping you share your message with your audience. So I I believe that each one of us have a message to share and an audience to serve. And the way you share your message might be writing. So I, I I do run a writing community called Hope Writers. It might be through speaking, it might be by leading your team and that's that's your message it might be by coaching that little league team but that you are called for a purpose that you that you have something to share and what's really fun is often that message that you have is on the other side of heartache it's mm-hmm. it's it's something that knocked you down but it didn't knock you out yeah. And because you were able to get back up from that that hard story, whether for me, I had a car accident when I was 18 years old, mm. others, it, it might be a, a divorce, it might be losing a job, it might be a health challenge, whatever it happens to be, you, you're still here. 
He woke right. up this morning. And so the fact that you're listening to this right now, like that says that there's hope. And so I'm all about hope. And I think if you look back in your life and you go, where was it that I was at my lowest? And how did I get up out of that gutter? And who's in the gutter right now? Like who, who needs that message right now? That's where you find your calling. That's where you find your purpose. And what's really cool about being alive today is you can connect with a lot of people that you do not have to go build somebody else's dream by having a job. I'm kind of anti-job. I think that you can have your own sort of entrepreneurship venture where you're having an adventure and you're, you're making a difference in the lives of people and you can get paid well doing it, which is really cool. Right. So, so there's the message plus the audience equals some really incredible impact and income. So you can be an involved dad, you can be a great husband, you can be a, you know, be a great community leader and make a difference for people. Awesome. No, that is so true. And one of the things that I, when I talk with people, uh, coach with them, one of the things that I f- find is that they really find themselves in that valley, right? Yeah. There's something about difficult times and difficult situations that really shape us and mold us. Um, mm-hmm. You said for you, it was a car accident. Can you share some of that yes. with us? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was a freshman in college and uh, I was going to this little Bible college in in Manitoba, Canada. So middle of nowhere, north of North Dakota, just like prairies, you know, just flat, <laughs> flat you know, flat highways, no overpasses or anything like that. Uh-huh. And I was yeah, and I I was the the worship leader for our school. So I was the guy that played the guitar and led the songs. And and it was February 20th, 1997, we we had our day of prayer which the whole, the whole college once a year would take the whole day off and we'd go to a local church and we'd pray for, for our country, for the community, for our college. So it was my job to, to get up early and go set up. Um, but there was this freak rainstorm the night before. So it knocked out all the power, which meant our car couldn't, our band van couldn't start because there was no power and it's so cold. You have to warm, you know, keep your cars yeah. plugged in up there. Okay. And, and also because of the rain, there was ice everywhere. And I was a young kid, 18. I didn't realize that that meant that the roads were going to be untravelable. And so um, so we so I I drove the car with with a few of my friends that were in the band to to get to the church. And on our way to to get to where we crossed the highway, the car wouldn't wouldn't stop. It just skid oh right on the middle of the highway. Um it turns out the guy that you wouldn't normally salt the roads because of the power going out, his alarm didn't go off. And so he wasn't able to, you know, all of that. So it's just this, this uh, wow. series of a comedy of errors that, that, <laughs> that led to me being this huge car accident. We skid onto the highway. I, I saw this other car coming straight at us who was also skidding and could not stop. I leaned over to the middle of the car and uh, we got T-boned and this, this car hit, hit my driver's side door at highway speed, crushed, the door and and broke my hip and my pelvis in 26 places and um i was a young kid 18 years old uh i i thought i had died right i like closed my eyes and um thought i'd wake up in heaven <laughs> and instead i woke up <laughs> in a crumpled car with a broken you know mm. windshield and dashboard and everything it took the jaws of life uh, to pull me out i was i was in the car for about 3 hours like middle of the prairies right there's not a lot of sure, emergency services there um three doctors told me i'd never walk again and i've now done nine marathons and wow. a bunch of triathlons and so i just wake up every day super intense because i just like life is a gift mm-hmm. like i i almost died when i was 18 years old and uh, uh, and so every single day, it's true. It happened this morning. I wake up earlier than I probably need to. And I look at my hands and I, and I'm, I wake up and I'm like, oh, my hands, like, what are we going to do today? Like, let's make something, let's do something cool. Yeah. 
to help people because I get a bonus day and I just really, I'm really living on borrowed time. I, I can be pretty intense just because I'm like, man, we get one more day. It's, it's like, uh, yeah. there was a great football game the other day. I follow college, college ball. And there's, so there's an yeah. overtime game and it's like, man, they get one more chance. You know, yeah. like they got to go yeah. for it. And Coach Kelly at LSU, that's who I, I cheer for. Like he yeah. went for it. He went for the extra mm. two points. And I'm like, that's life right there. It's like, yeah. you're going to wait till tomorrow to go for it. No, you go for it now. And so I think a lot of that comes from being an 18-year-old kid in a car accident. Okay. So what's going, I mean, help, help me understand what, this, I mean, this is a pretty low point in life. Yeah. Um, early on in life, but nonetheless, pretty low. What's going through your head? Um, you mm -hmm. said you were in the car for three hours, uh, yep. prairies. Um, and I know because I work with the fire department. I mean, amazing. What, what happened? It's not like Chicago fire, right? Where no. seconds <laughs> later they're on scene. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it what's, was... what's happening to you in that, in those moments? Um, That's, and yeah. even, and even afterwards, what's, what's happening in your head? That's a really good question. I, I think there was definitely some shock because it was such a major break. Fortunately, there was no internal bleeding. And so I, I didn't like, mm. there wasn't a, a hurry to get me out. And so they could take the time to do it right. So that I wouldn't have even more, even more damage. Um, and what's so interesting, like I, I'm a person of faith. And so I just re really believe like there are these God moments that happen that you're just like there, what, how did, how did that happen? And yeah. and so we we had our 20 year college reunion a couple summers ago. And so I went back up to Canada and we mm. saw a lot of my old friends and we had a big party and my the band that I was in, we had a little reunion show and it was fun. <laughs> and people were telling me stories about that day. And they were telling me things that I didn't remember or or never noticed about that day. And one of the things that happened is that the rest of the school had their day of prayer. So who do you think they prayed for? Sure, sure. I mean, that's powerful, man. That chokes me up. Like that's, that's powerful because th so the rest of the school, a couple hours later, you know, they, as my car was still there, cause I was, they, they, they're the, the buses of college students had to drive by my crumpled car with me still mm. pinned in it. And so what they did yeah. is they pulled up the bus pulled up, the kids got out and they circled my car and they prayed for me. Wow. Like I and I didn't know that story until like uh -huh. three summers ago. So oh so gosh. for 20 years, 20 years, like I've been like just living my life going like, man, every day's gift and I'm live on borrowed time and and that sort of thing. But I didn't realize the power of prayer. And I and I really think it's not like some magic, you know, secret sauce or something, but I right. think that there's something really powerful there about my my recovery and my healing, but also the vision. Like I haven't lost the vision. Um, that one of my favorite verses is in Revelation and it talks about being lukewarm and losing yeah. your first love. And I think that's what we do as men. It's what we do as leaders. It's mm -hmm. what we do as husbands and fathers is we lose that love. When we first see our kid, remember my son, Rylan, when he was first born, like holding him and looking at him and go, what? Like, this is my kid. You know, this kid yeah. will be, speak at my funeral one day. Like, it was just yeah. this intense, like, this is my son. And, and I think what happens is we just kind of go about our life and then we kind of maybe drink a little extra or we, you know, have some stress at work or we cheat on our spouse or like whatever the, the compromise yeah. is. And we forget the, the joy, that joy of I get to be a dad to this boy and I get to, I get to love that woman and I get to lead mm -hmm. this team. And so yeah. I, I think, I think that's a really good lesson to keep remembering your first love and to really yeah. focus there because that's all you have anyway. Right. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, 
So we're going to fast forward a little bit from, I love that, it. from that car we'll wreck, that. right? Yeah. And um, you're, you're currently uh, a coach and a speaker and so on. How did you, how did you get into that? Um, yeah. What were some of the things that caused you to transition maybe mm-hmm. in, into that arena? That's right. Well, I think whenever you have a mountaintop experience, which I consider my car accident a mountaintop experience, which is probably pretty funny because most people would consider it a valley. But I'm like, man, are you kidding me? I get another day. Like I'm alive. This is incredible. So, uh, so I, I, uh, I remember that day I wrote a a prayer of dedication to the Lord. And I said, Lord, these are your hands. I want to, I want to live for you. And, 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 you know, you're 18 years old. I wasn't, I wasn't essay living the, 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 the purest life. I had some compromise with girlfriends and things like that. And so, um, so to try to figure out like, why am I here? And, mm-hmm. and I thought it was about my music. You know, I was doing, I was doing music, but, yeah. but a couple of years later, my band broke up. And so it's like, well, it's not music. Um, and so I kind of hit this low point a few years later of just really okay. t- intensely focusing on the music. And so yeah. I, I, I really went back with some good, good counsel. I went back to like, what actually fills me up and realizing that, that teaching and impacting kids. So I was a guitar teacher. I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a camp counselor. And, uh, and so my parents and others were like, maybe you should think about teaching. So, so I went into teaching and I was a classroom teacher for seven years. So I, I worked with middle school students. I love that energy and the, you know, they're (laughs) just crazy. It's so fun. So I worked with middle school students and, and because of some of the innovative things I was doing in my classroom with technology, I started getting into administration. So, Mm. um, what do they say? They, 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 they promote you out of your level of competence into your level of incompetence. So like I was <laughs> a good that. classroom teacher, not a great administrator, uh-huh. but I, but I had vision for what's possible in education. And yeah. so I started, I started doing some administrative kind of stuff and that eventually led to the opportunity to start a charter school. So, um, so I, I, I worked through, as I was a teacher, I worked through getting a, a master's degree and a doctoral degree in mm-hmm. technology, in educational technology. I started right. a charter school called the Mentorship Academy in, in Louisiana, which is fun. Like we moved to mm-hmm. Louisiana and, uh, and, and started the school that's still around today, 14 years later, which is, which is awesome. And I think that experience of like, you, you don't just have to be like a classroom teacher with one class of kids, which is great. I love, I love teachers. Mm-hmm. But you could build something that like you can have 24 classes of kids and yeah. and you could build something that like has multiple schools in it. And, and I just I saw this like it just kind of hit me. I was probably I think when I would turn about 30, I'm 44 now. So so, yeah, about 14, 15 years ago, it just hit me that everything that we use, everything that we do, every service that we use, any product that we buy was made by a person. Like there's one person that one day woke up in the middle of the night, like the flux capacitor, you know, from Back <laughs> to the Future, like hit yeah. his head on the on the sink or in the toilet and went, "Whoa, we could time travel." And and I think for me, I like I woke up after launching the school and I was like, "That's this is how it is." Like you can you, I launched a school that didn't exist and now it exists and it'll probably exist beyond my lifetime. Yeah, I can create stuff that that will that that nobody. Right built that I can build and now it will exist forever or, or at least for a really long time. And so after I launched the school with obviously with a great board and a great uh, team of teachers, I was like, okay, what's next? 
And so that led into like starting with speakers and authors and helping them launch their thing. And then just over time, I just, I like working with these kind of clients, but not these kind of clients. And over time, you kind of figure out where you feel like is really your place in the, in that, yeah. in that niche. I, I love what you said there, you know, that everything that we touch, everything that we use has a person behind it. Yeah. You know, and this idea that, I can have, in fact, I just talked about that this Sunday and that is, uh, as humans, we're the only ones that are capable of taking something unseen and making it seen. Yeah. Like gorillas don't do that. Kangaroos don't do that. Yep. Um, and so when you think about your vocation and your work really is something spiritual. That's right. Uh, you take an unseen thought, something that's, that, that is abstract you give more thought to it, you beat yep. it up a little bit, reconstruct it, and then you create it into the physical world out of more than likely out of whatever it is that you're passionate about. I love that. I think that's the number one argument for God. The number one argument mm. for the fact that God created the world out of nothing. Now we don't understand how he did it and never will. Right. But the fact, but either there was a divine creator or it's all a big accident. And the, all a big accident doesn't make a lot of sense to me for, for a few reasons. But I think the number one reason that that doesn't make any sense is because we have an internal longing for impact, to mm. leave a legacy, and to create. And that is the blueprint. That's the imprint. That's the fingerprint on our heart. And yes. you can't tell me that we came from an amoeba and then a monkey, and then eventually we had a longing to create. That, that, that is yeah. not a logical progression. Instead, mm. the creation story, the creation account from the Bible is about God creating out of nothing. And we yes. are creative because we're kids of the creator. Right. So I think that's the best argument. I think Christians, one of my mentors says, if they're going to be Christian, it better be better. I love it because he's from the South and that's how we talk. And, uh, <laughs> and like, let's make cool art. And, and, you know, yeah. Christians are scared of art because of maybe idolatry or what have you, but like, right. we've got to make better stuff. And I think oh, if, if we, right, if we, if we make better stuff, then people will see our good works and glorify our father in heaven. It's a really biblical concept of yeah. sharing our message and getting our words out there and making cool stuff that helps people. And when somebody helps you, Zig, Ziggler used to say this all the time, when you help enough people get what they want, you can have anything that you want. Well, I want to tell right. you about Jesus, but you're not going to listen to me, but you will pay attention to the cool company that I created and how my company can help you. And then you might want to know a little bit more. Think about mm -hmm. how fascinated people are with Elon Musk right now. The oh, reason sure. we care about that guy is because he makes really cool cars and he makes really <laughs> cool rockets and he just bought yeah. Twitter. Like that's right. why we care. If he didn't do any of that stuff, if he was just an engineer at those companies, nobody would care about his opinion on the world. Sure. Absolutely. I want to go back to what you just said. It was a powerful, yeah. powerful thought. And that is, our desire for one, to make an impact, two, create, and then three, leave a legacy. Yeah. Um, I think as people go through, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I think as people transition, I know in my own personal life, right? Sitting in a cubicle, click, 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 check email, yeah, feeling disgruntled, like um, I've got to have a bigger impact. I've got to have a bigger impact. So I go into ministry um, and I feel like God's calling me into this um, to have a bigger impact. And so as we, as we do that, something inside of us gets disgruntled and we start creating in our heads Yeah, and we want to leave that legacy. Right. Um, it's, it's the, talk to me about the, 
if you can talk to me mm-hmm. about the disgruntled part. What I, I call it a holy discontent. I love that. Where you get to the point where you're like, this isn't right. This has to change. Something's yeah. got to be different. Yeah. Talk to me about that. That's so good. I think that's, that's how we're made. I mean, we're, we're, we're made for heaven. We're not made for here. Mm-hmm. And we have this longing and, mm-hmm. and that, that longing, um, it's so basic, like C.S. Lewis. And if you've never read C.S. Lewis, I mean, I'm just, just like <laughs> such a visionary author. And he yeah. just, he just, he's so good about talking about that longing that we have. But unfortunately, one of my favorite quotes of him is he talks about how we are too easily pleased, how we're mm-hmm. content to, to play in the mud instead of having a holiday at sea. And I think that's what happens, you know, now. If you, if you actually look at history, not to nerd out too much, but if you actually look at history, sure. this idea of having a salary and this idea that of working at a company and getting a paycheck and a 401k and a, yeah. all the perks of, of a job is right. new. It's a new it invention. Is. It is. It was, it was created by the industrialists in America to hold us mm-hmm. down so that we could build their factories. Right. Like that's where it comes from. But for some reason we think, oh, but it's a good company. Like I'm going to work at this big company and it's going to fill that hole in my soul. And yeah. it, it won't. And then especially yeah. as faith-based people, we see some of their, their progressive policies and we go, whoa, not only am I building somebody else's dream for a salary, but I'm also mm-hmm. supporting somebody's faith, somebody's vision in the world that I don't right. agree with. Yeah. And so I think it's a good moment for us to go, wait a second. It's a, it's, it's, it's a fool's bargain. Like we're making a Faustian bargain with our employer to say, I will give you the best years of my life, my best time and, and labor in exchange for security from something that really at the end of the day, there's no security. Yeah. We, yeah. Can, we can all name guys that we know that have been fired with zero notice from a big corporate job. Right. So instead, I believe in apprenticeship and entrepreneurship. I think that you are created to do something impactful with mm-hmm. your, you were uniquely created, right? You're yep. knitted in your mother's womb. And so for, for you to be put in the time and place where you are, like there's, there's three things I want you to hear, especially if, even if you're not a faith-based person, like I think the, the concept still applies. Number one is that you weren't, you weren't um, made accidentally, like you are knitted in your mother's womb, that you're born for a purpose. So the fact that you are unique, we, yeah. Each of us are unique. Our fingerprints are unique. Like how crazy is that? Like that alone disproves evolution to me. Your fingerprints are unique. Oh my goodness. Okay. Number two is that you were born in this time. You yes. were not born 50 years ago. You were not born a hundred years from the future, but you were born right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, then, and then number three is that your frustration is necessary because your frustration is your filter. The frustration that you see in the world okay. is actually a gift when you see it and you go, I can't believe it. For example, my, my friend Shannon is running for school board in, in Carlsbad, California, and the elections today as we're recording this. Right. And she's just a mom, but she was really mad about a particular issue that was happening at her kid's school. Uh-huh. The reason I believe that she was that she's running for school board, well, the reason that she's running for school board is because she was mad about the thing. Yeah. I think that her being mad about the thing that led her to running for school board is the solution that the kids need. And so you are the solution to the problem in your world. So you're created intentionally during this time for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. And when you don't live out that purpose, if Shannon did not run for school board, 
even if she doesn't win, if she did not run for school board, but instead she, she sat on the sidelines and just kind of lived her life, she's yeah. going to feel a longing. <laughs> she's right. going to feel yes. a gap. And I think that we've missed so many opportunities. Um, the Bible talks about quenching the, the spirit. Like if, yes. if we stop listening, we're not going to hear anymore. No. And so I think that's why we're stuck is because we've said no, 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 no to risk our whole life. Okay. And that's why we're so averse to taking a big risk now. Yeah. So why, why is that? Why are we, why do we not take the risks, risks yeah. that we need to so that when the time comes, we can take a bigger risk and feel more comfortable. So good. So <laughs> this is, this is where I, I, I throw out my entire education out the window Uh-oh. because, because I, I was a certified classroom teacher. Uh-huh. I have a master's degree in, in, in teaching and a doctoral degree in educational technology. So like, okay. like I was at the top of the food chain when it came to the traditional K-12 educational system mm-hmm. and having seen it in the whole, all the layers of it, I realized that it's all intentionally crafted to create factory workers. Mm. If, if you go back to public education yeah. in the United how, States, how so? how? public edu- yeah, public education in, in the United States was created by Carnegie and his peers and it was because they wanted good factory workers at Ford and they wanted good factory workers at American Steel and they wanted good factory mm-hmm. workers who they learned to listen. They learned to stand and for uh, eight hours a day, do one job, compliance, yeah. and, and get just enough of a reward that they'll come back on Monday. And okay. that is still our educational industrial complex. That is still our educational system. So you're, that we, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, we, we, have, we, have, we have children that that go into a grade at a, at the same time in this same, they're all the same age and they go learn from a teacher who's not an expert, right? That, that mm-hmm. teacher is simply uh, sharing a state curriculum, federal curriculum to, mm-hmm. to what, to do what, to prepare them for the next grade. Well, what does the next grade lead to the next grade? What does it look to? All of that leads to them being really good workers, good, good mm-hmm. citizens. It doesn't lead to them being risk-taking doesn't lead to them creating. There's no creation yeah. in, in traditional education, right? Like the, uh, the average student, if you just look at like the, the average week of a, any elementary, middle or high school student, it's about them listening and reciting. It's okay. not them making stuff. They might make stuff once a week, once a year, once a semester, yeah. but it's not, it's not creation. It's not risk-taking. And why do they do it? They do it for a grade. Um, right. And so, so we do that for 12 years and then we do that for another four for, for college. And then we go get our MBA for another two. And now here we are like right. 18 years later and okay. we're wondering why we're dissatisfied because we're not fulfilling the whole, the, the longing in our soul because yeah. we've never done that. We've never created something because mm-hmm. it's been taught that that is not the way we need to conform, but do not be conformed to this world. Like, I think that's the biggest challenge. I don't think that we can solve it in, in one generation, but but we have to acknowledge that at least that's part of the problem. I yeah, I want to kick back on that just for just for a I would second. love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm and I know that I'm I'm swimming outside of my pond on this. Yeah. And I'm fully engaged in your pond when it comes to education. Sure. Uh, with this question. But I mean, some people are by nature more creative. Would you okay. agree to that? I mean, d- I mean some I think people, all kindergartners are creative. To an extent, I mean, yes, I, I will agree with that. Like yeah. all kindergartners are are creative, but some are like super creative. Sure. And some are just like 
you know, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I think he gets beaten out of him. I mean, yeah, but I'm not so sure that, like, I think there are varying degrees of creativity. I mean, yes. And some people are okay standing in a line and screwing on widgets. And is that okay? I mean, is that, yeah. Is that necessarily well, wrong? Wrong is a tricky word because, because okay. yeah, I, I think that, um, it's, 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 it's a bit of an intractable problem because it's hard to unwind. Like it's like, I, I, like mm -hmm. I voted today. And so as I'm standing in line, I, I, a friend was a few behind me. And so we, I went over there and we, we stood together and we had about like 30 minutes to talk and sure. he's in a, he's in a job that's just good enough. Right. They call it a job, yeah. just over broke. He's, he's at a job that just pays his mortgage, that just pays for his kid's college, that just pays just enough so he can take two weeks of vacation a year. It's just enough. Mm -hmm. And so is that wrong? I mean, no, it's actually by definition, it's not wrong. It's just good enough. Yeah. Is he thriving? Is he living an abundant life? Is he right. loving what he does? Does he feel like he wakes up every day because he's called according to a purpose? Probably not. You know, actually, I know because yeah. I just had a conversation with them. <laughs> and so it's like, how do you un how do you unwind that? It's really, really tricky. You know, yeah. it's like, how do you unplug from the matrix? Like you have to, mm. you have to, you know, you have to risk death. <laughs> so <laughs> I think entrepreneurship is, is part of the solution. It's not, it's not the whole solution, right? Uh, but I, I do think that kingdom-based businesses is, is a big, a big part of it. I think mm -hmm. having the concept of what can we do that's redemptive? What can we do that that has a worldview of service, um, not not profits at the sake of service or service at the sake of profit, but understanding the laws right. of of the, the true kingdom laws of of reaping and sowing. So yeah. you might not be the person that has the vision to create something brand new from scratch, right. but look for the people that are and ask how can I be part of making that kingdom come in the world, like. What can I do to help accelerate that vision in my own zone of genius? Because we're not, we're not all called to be mouths. You know, we're, some of us are going to be yes. the left toe and that's right. awesome. Yeah. Just be a good one. But I think we are being trained from the, from education to all be this one kind of person. And that, that's not really getting us to where it gets us to conformity. It doesn't get us to creativity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to, I certainly, I'm on the same page with you on that as sure. far as the education thing. Um, yeah. But I know people in my own life, right? Yeah. I, I know some people that are, man, they're just super creative. Um, they might right. be art, they might be artistic um, or they have great business idea. They're creative in the business realm. Yeah. Um, but I also know other people in my life are like, th they are happy going to work, screwing on the widgets and then coming home. Like, yeah. And, and now have they, have they been, you know, is that, nature or nurture i don't know that's outside of my ballpark but yeah you know what those people aren't doing though those people aren't listening to this podcast that's probably true the people li that people that <laughs> intentionally listen point. to you know like i, I think about because i listen to podcasts and audiobooks and you know listen to youtube yeah. training videos all the time and then every once in a while I'll, like go into a store or i'll like mm -hmm. over here or i'll be like in an uber and i'll hear somebody who listens to the radio like commercial radio oh yeah yeah and i'm like what like that's still a thing like people still accidentally live their lives. People still go, I'll let somebody else pick my music. I'll let somebody else yell at me with commercials. Like 
we're not here for all people, right? We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're not here for everyone, but, mm -hmm. but I'm speaking specifically to the person. Like I, I, I talked to a new client yesterday and he's like, listen, yeah. I do, I do 170 a year in a sales job. He's like, mm -hmm. everyone, all my friends think I'm a rock star. They think I'm so successful, but I'm unsatisfied. And I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. Cause you haven't built your right. thing yet. You haven't built your thing that you can pass on to your daughters. You haven't built your thing that's like makes you different. Right. And he's like, listen, I'm I'm at the top of my of the 15,000 people that do what I do. I'm like number seven. I'm like, well, great. Guess what? There's 15,000 people. What's the one thing that you were called to do? Because right now you're doing the same thing as 15,000 people. So he's like, oh man. So that that's who I'm talking to. Because I know yeah. the majority of people listening right now are like, I do have a dream. And so the challenge is, man, day or night is coming. Day is here and night is coming. Mm -hmm. And and Jesus challenged us to work while the sun's still up. And yeah. so you've got, for me, I've got, um, how many years? I've got 39 years left. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll probably die when I'm about 83, just based on like yeah. just family right. factors and health and things like that. And so I've got 39 years. That's not a lot of time when you say it out loud. <laughs> so yeah. like, I want to make the most out of those 39 years. And, mm -hmm. and, and ideally, if I'm doing the most out of those 39 years, maybe it'll be 59 and not 39. Um, right. But still, th like this is the window. Th today is the window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think about the... Um the story that Jesus gave the, the parable of the talents, right? Yeah, I mean, he gave right. one to one, five, ten, so on. And and the one guy's like, Well, I knew that you were a pretty serious taskmaster, so I just buried my talent. That's right. And, and but here it is, you know, I, I'm getting right. I got it back. I didn't lose it. I didn't lose it. I played it safe. I didn't lose it. You know, and what's Jesus say? Jesus says, Well, the master says, Well, you could have at least put it in the bank and earned a little interest on it. That's right. Um I think we all have something that we can give. We all have something we can do. We're all wired a particular way for a reason and for a purpose. Yeah. Um, and I love the period getting back to really the point of this podcast. And that is that point of transition, right? Like right. this new client you're talking to, Hey, I'm yeah. making 170 K, uh, but I'm not satisfied. Yeah. It, so he's good. at a trans. He's at a pivotal transition point yeah. in his life. I told him I didn't want to work with them because I, I don't do a lot of personal coaching now because I, I mean, we've run our own companies and we, we build membership sites. But I said, I said, here's why, because there's nothing more addicting than a salary. And, and, and you're going to look at that salary and you're going to say, okay, I could either like my first advice I give to anybody who's thinking about doing their own thing is, is create something once a day for 50 days in a row. So make 50 YouTube videos in a row, make 50 podcasts in a row, like right on LinkedIn, 50 days in a row, just yeah. 50 days in a row. And if you're not going to do that, what happens is people do like three or four and then they'll start to go, I don't really want to say it. And I got a little bit of negative pushback and maybe my boss will see it and like, yeah, it's not really worth it. It's like, okay, great. So you just chose, like you yeah. chose who you're going to serve. Right. And so I, I just want to challenge you to like, what, what if? What if when you're 80 years old and you look back, for some reason, 75-year-old guys like me right now. So they kind of take me <laughs> under their wing, but really I'm taking them under my wing. And they're like, yeah. and they've got a lot of regrets, man. They've got so many regrets. Yeah. And their biggest regret that I've heard from 75-year-old men, mm -hmm. I'm on a couple boards and stuff, and so we, we spent some time together. 75-year-old men, the biggest regret that they have is that they didn't take enough risks. Mm. They didn't actually build something. And, and the ones that don't have regrets are the ones that either built something themselves or they help build something. Yeah. And yeah. I think what you want to do is when you're 75, you want to look back in your life and want to be like, see that thing, see that building, see that person, see that community, see that organization, 
See that, you see that car? I had something to do with it. My great grandfather helped build a Brooklyn bridge. And so you can look at the Brooklyn Brooklyn bridge and go, there he is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard it said, and I don't know who said this, um, you know, on your deathbed, your greatest regrets are not what you um, did. Did, but what you didn't do. It's what you didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, And I think I love it. Go do what I, I keep going. I want to hear it. Keep going. Oh, I just say, I think for me, for you, for a lot of people, it's like, I don't want to be drawing my last breath and yep. regretting what I did not try or did not yep. make an attempt at. That's right. For sure. I was listening to my coach this morning. Cause I, this like consumed the video training content that he shares in, inside our, like our little coaching group. And, and, uh, and he was talking about the myth of balance and, and he said that if you really want to do something powerful, you want to do something impactful, you want to do something that, that leaves a legacy for multi-generations, then you have to live an imbalanced life. And they're, they're, and so you've got to throw away this idea of balance. If you really thought about it, like, do you really want balance? Do you want eight hours of sleeping and eight hours of working and eight hours of family time or whatever? Like, that just doesn't make a lot of sense anyway. Like, yeah. what does balance yeah. mean? What I want to do is I want to work so hard and love so well that when I put my, that I fall asleep working, like I, I fall asleep going, oh my goodness, that was amazing. I can't believe I got to do all that yeah. today. Yeah. And then wake up and do it again and just, yeah. and just have a blast in this life. And so, so my worldview as, as, as people that were created for a purpose that, that I, I think about that father-son relationship. Like our youngest is seven years old right now. And when I look at him and he wakes, I can't wait for him to wake up. I wake him up every morning <laughs> to get him ready for breakfast. And he wakes up a little grumpy. I'm like, let's go, brother. Let's go. You know, and he yeah. like finally wakes up and he's like, he's ready to jump on my back. And I take him down to, to breakfast. And I'm like, I think that's how God is. Like, I think God's like, come on, Brian, when are you going to wake up? Come on, we got stuff to do, man. We got stuff to do. You're my hands and feet today. So I think we we have an opportunity to seize every day, making the most of every day. Mm. And if you're not living in that, like you can wait till next week or why not, why not actually do it today? Like why not get started today? Yeah. Well, and action creates clarity, right? I mean, you don't so know. Good. I mean, you can formulate all kinds of ideas in your head, but until you take action, yeah, you're not going to know. You're That's not right. going to know. Um, and I mean, I can tell you're a man of action. Yeah. Um, so give us, give us some ideas, some mm-hmm. tips on ways that we can take action. Yeah. Or what can we do um, to, to take action and, and, and begin to make our dreams happen? Even if it's an hour a day or wh- whatever the tip is. That's right. Yeah. yeah I, I think that there's, there's some power, three things that I would recommend. Number one is I think you need to find a model. Like go, go look at a guy. I'm 44. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be 50 in like um, five and a half years. <laughs> so go, so go find somebody who's 50 or whatever, 60, mm-hmm. 70, go, go, or somebody who died, but like find when they were a little bit older than you and use them as a model. Actually, the guy I'm using right now, Nick Bear, like he's a, like a YouTube guy, like yeah. he's probably in his thirties. He's my model right now. So I watch his videos and I go, okay, he runs this, he runs this like supplement company and he's got this program, which he runs, but he's also like lifts weights. And so he's like a really strong running guy, but he's not like a skinny running guy. He's like a buff running guy. And I'm like, that's my model. Okay, good. So number one, identify your model. And that's in physical fitness, right? With the five areas of life, faith, family, finance, fitness, and friendship. So like finances, like, hey, there's a guy that my kids go to the the same school that his kids go to. He owns a couple of Chick-fil-A's and like, 
he's my finance guy. Like when I look at his, the way that he lives his life financially, I'm like, I want my life to look like that guy's life. So you pick, you pick a model on each of your areas of your life. Number one, Mm -hmm. number two, you study, you study their life. Success leaves clues. Ideally in, in, in this day and age, most of them have a training program or at least they did some videos. Yeah. You know, at least they did some videos. When I think about my business, I, I look at Elon, but I mean, you can look at other people, but I watched this like hour long video two days ago with with ron baron who's like runs an um uh, investing firm and and elon musk and it was just this hour-long conversation of the two of them what why am i doing that not because i want to become elon musk but because i want to learn how he thinks yes and he was talking about the risk that he takes and 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 one of the things i mean there's so many things that he said in that in that hour-long video but one of the things he talked about was just removing parts i was like oh i gotta do that in my business like it's like we, at Tesla, you know, there was this, there was this, this bear, this um, bar across the 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 floorboard on the passenger side, and I just asked, "What's that bar for?" And and the safety people didn't know why, and the design people didn't know why, and the engineering people didn't know why, and it's like, let's get rid of it then. And it was like he was like he was speaking a d- different language, yeah. and I, and and so the point of that is like number one, find a model that you can you can look to and go that this is the goal. This is what I I want to be a little bit more like that person. Yeah. Number two is you look at like the the way they think or the way that they act um, and learn their rhythms. Right, the Bible talks yeah. about learn my rhythms of grace. Like learn their rhythms. So when I look at Nick, like okay, well he works out twice a day. He runs in the morning five miles. And then he lifts in the afternoon. I can run in the morning and lift in the afternoon, or I can lift in the morning and run in the afternoon, but I've got to do the work. And then yeah. number three, don't break the chain. Like it's, it's, the, it's the Seinfeld uh, exercise. It's like, get a calendar and draw an X on every day and just don't break the chain. And when you break the chain, because you took a day off, great, good for you. You know, God took a day off every six days. So take a day off, that's great. And then don't break the chain again. So for, for our fitness stuff, what we do is I've got my guy, mm-hmm. I've got my video training. So I've got my model, I've got my yep. program, and I've got my consistency. I've got my tracking. And so I have a whiteboard calendar in my office and one in the basement. And every single day when I do my workout or when I send my email, I, I, I note it on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And then what you see is you see a year of faithfulness. We're now in November. So I can look at my workout calendar and every single day it says what That's workout awesome. I did in the entire year. Some days I skipped, but as yeah. soon as I skipped, you know what I did? I, I broke the chain, but then I started the chain again. And I can look awesome. at this year and go, that is the evidence. Now I've got the evidence because you know I'm a pretty fit dude compared to a lot of my mm-hmm. peers, but yeah. also that all came from the tracking, which came from the training, which came from the model. Right. Well, it all builds on itself, right? right. It's it's the idea of doing that 1% every day. Yes. And you look and you look back and you've done 30% over a month. That's how it works. So it, good. It, it it just is. You fall in love with the process more than the result. Oh, the process is the best. <laughs> it's the yeah, I completely agree with you. It's the best. It's like I'm I'm the happiest after my running shoes are on and I press mm-hmm. play and the first couple of notes of well, one of my like running songs comes on and I'm like, let's yeah. go. Like yeah. that's it. And then I hit the wall a few miles later and it's like, this is why I'm here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then what's really cool yeah. as a creative person is like then my ideas start to flow after I hit the wall, and then those right. ideas will impact people. Like there's this virtuous cycle that we have. Mm-hmm. But we've got to figure out what our flow state is. And I think the best way to do that, again, find a model, 
consume their training and then track it on a regular basis. And you're going to figure out your, your place. And then once you figure it out, then, then that's your, the parable of the talents. That's your stewardship. That's just yeah. on you, you know, cause yeah. we will all hear, uh, uh, we'll all get a report card one day, whatever you believe we'll get yes. a report card, yes. whether that's the eulogy at our funeral or whether that's God at the pearly gates, like whatever your worldview is, we will get a report card one day. And, uh, yeah. and so I want that report card to be well done, good and faithful servant. Right. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I'm the same way. And I had, um, I started, I love what you're talking about finding somebody to model, right? Get, get, um, get that person, even get an accountability partner, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to hold you, hold you accountable just in my own personal workout. Um, I've got a, I've got a friend that I work out with. Um, and you know, there's times, man, he's just next level. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, so good. I don't know. And now we have this running joke when we work out. If you don't throw up or pass out, you didn't work out, you know? That's and, right. If not bleeding, you're not leading. Right. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, but I would encourage, you know, not just find the model, but find somebody then that you can say, Hey, here's here, here are the five areas that I'm working in. Yep. Here's the people that I'm following hold me accountable. Like, here's what I'm committing to. Yeah. Um, I, and, I, and I agree with you. And, and also the people that are going to hold you accountable are people that are probably a little ahead of you already. Like I, yes. I went and did a workout a couple of weeks ago with, with a ment, a, a mentee of mine. So somebody who's about, he's probably 10 years younger than me, maybe more. And then, and his little brother who's in his twenties. Mm. So I worked out with them. I was like yep. grandpa compared to them, you know? Yep. And like, they took it to the next level. And I'm like, that's who I want to hold me accountable. I don't want, I don't want somebody who that's not normal for them to hold me accountable. I want somebody who's so leveled up. That's going to hold me accountable. Yes, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And that goes for every area. Like you talked about, you know, uh, your finances and your relationships, Oh, hundred um, percent spiritual life, et cetera. You need yeah. somebody who's like you said, next level, several steps ahead, holding you accountable. Yeah, for sure. That's right. So yeah, if you want to stop drinking, hang out with people that don't drink, like oh, yeah. find what you do is you, you take, you take the weird that you want to live in your life, right? That goal that you have. And you go, this is something I want to make normal in my life. You take the weird and you make it normal. And the way that you do that is you find other people whose weird is now normal for them. So for example, you want to get fit. Like my, my wife, she's like, I want to, I want to get fit, you know, after babies and all that stuff. And she's like, I'm going to find a workout group. This is years ago. I'm going to find a workout group. So she found a workout group. And now those are like some of her best friends. And it's totally normal for them on a rainy Saturday morning to work out on a driveway at 530 in the morning. That is their normal. And they got t-shirts and they cheer each other on and they've got this little group that they talk about. And like, that is their normal. In our neighborhood, that is not normal. They're part of the crazy ones, right? But that's that's normal for them. And so if you take something that other people are think is weird and you surround yourself with people that think it's normal, that's where you get the accountability. People that hold you accountable have to be able to count so you want to find people that already have the yes. skill that you want to have because you're the average of the people that you hang out with. And so yeah. find people that are fit for you to get fit. Find people that are wealthy for you to get wealthy. Find people mm-hmm. that are risk takers for you to be a risk taker. Yeah. And then it's up to you. Just don't be your own governor. You know, like uh, mm. you, you're the break on your own success. And mm-hmm. so you just kind of have to trust the rhythms of the other people that have the results that you want. Yeah. No, that's that's really, really good. Surrounding yourself with the people that 
even if you're getting started, like you said, I mean, they're going to look weird to you. Like yep. this is, and it's going to be extremely uncomfortable initially. I mean, yes. Like I remember, like I've always been a a, a skinny guy, yeah, um, and still am for the most part. Um, but I remember um, just finally having enough, right? Like get to the gym, yeah, um, and going into that gym that first time, and just <laughs> I I go to like I don't know how else to describe this. I go to like a gym that you would see like Rocky working out at. Yeah, like, that's right. Not, I love it. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a chain. It's not, it's just a local, like dirty grunt, sweaty, greasy gym. I love um, it. And there's a lot of guys and you can tell they've been working out a very long time. <laughs> They're bodybuilders and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and the thing that got me through was everybody started s- somewhere. These guys did not always look like this. Yep. Um, and I think it's understanding that, hey, it looks weird right now, but even the weird started somewhere. Yes. And being okay with being okay with being out of place for a while. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's a great, great verse that says, do not despise the small beginnings for the Lord yes. rejoices to see the work begin. Yes. So what we do often is we despise our small starts. And we go, okay, I, I want to run a marathon one day, but I can't even run a mile right now. So shame yeah. on me, I'll quit. But instead, what we do, a winner's mindset, right, is that we don't despise those small beginnings, but instead we say, okay, one day I am going to run a marathon. Ideally, you put it on the calendar. You know, a year from now, I'm going to run a marathon. Right. Go sign up, go pay, you know, go get, right, go <laughs> put it on the calendar and then go get it. the shoes and then run, run that mile and celebrate the fact that you ran. And, and some days celebrate the fact that you just put your shoes on, but celebrate the small steps along the way. The journey is a lot more fun and you're going to make, and you're going to make progress. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm going to kind of bring this plane in for a landing a little bit. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to be on today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, what are maybe just one or two things you would leave with uh, our listeners today that uh, could just really inspire them and help them get through their life transition. Love it. I think the first thing to do is get some perspective. And this, this culture currently is so full of noise and opinion. So my, my kind of favorite tip right now is go read old books. I'm just, I'm looking at the, the sort of the successful people from two generations ago. So we're talking Mm -hmm. the twenties, thirties, forties, like let's go look at people that were doing well then without all the crazy distractions. And like, what do they do? Mm -hmm. Um, So, so go read some old books, go read their biography. Biographies can be really helpful. I was always resistant to biographies, but then what you do is as you read it, you go, Oh, he wakes up early every day. No wonder his he's Benjamin freaking Franklin, you know, because right. he wakes up early every day yes. or whoever it is. Yes. So so that would be the first tip. Go read some old books instead of the newest news and gossip. Mm-hmm. Turn the TV off. Stop binge watching that thing. The news is <laughs> yes. like going to change the more you consume it. So what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, just get your five minute, you know, get your five minutes a week. Like it's, it's a dopamine fix that you do not need 24 seven. No. So that'd be the first one is, is read more. And, um, and then I think uh, the second one, man, I feel led to, to, to share this one is I think one of the best things that you can do is you can learn your wife's love language. 
and just make it your mission to to love her well. So my love, my wife's love language, my wife's love language. I wish it were words of affirmation because I'm a really encouraging guy. It is not. It's not. <laughs> I can say the nicest things in the world, and it doesn't matter to her because that's not her love language. Uh-huh. I wish her. I wish her love language was gifts because I love giving gifts. Like I want to go buy her another car because I'm like I want to give you a gift, and she does not care. Her love language is acts of service. And so that means I'm the kitchen king yeah. and I keep that kitchen clean all the time. <laughs> I do the dishes twice a day. And when she walks through the door after work, the kitchen is clean because the kitchen clean, the kitchen king took care of business. And that, that fills up her love tank more than any gift I could give her, mm. more than any word that I could say. Yeah. And so for you to understand and learn your kids' love language, your spouse's love language, even your team's love language. Yeah, it's going to really matter because they're going to feel seen. And I think when they when they feel seen, when they feel really, truly understood, you're connected in a way that that is so uncommon that you can really change the world. That's really, really good. Well, Brian, again, thanks for being on today. If people want to get in touch with you um, yes. or get some of your products or or whatever, how, how can they do sure. that? Yeah, just my name. It's real easy. Brian Dixon. Just go to BrianDixon.com. And uh, you can contact me through there. If you do use social media, you can find me on social media. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, sometimes the middle initial, Brian J. Dixon. Okay. Uh, I, I kind of like Instagram right now. That's, that's my jam, but you could find me on other platforms as well. Um, but, but what I would love from you, if you could do one favor for me, sure. something I said, if there's something I said that resonated with you today, share it with somebody and tell me. Just go that Brian, that one thing you said really impacted me. Send me a message on Instagram, send me an email to, to my email or whatever, mm-hmm. but just let me know because I really am here to serve you. And uh, and I think there's something powerful about when you acknowledge how it impacted you and you share it with somebody, it doesn't just impact them, but it impacts you too. That's good. That's really, really good. Well, again, thank you so much. That was a tremendous interview. I want to thank Brian for being on this week. I love what he said there in regards to, uh, first off, there are no accidents, right? Whatever you think was an accident in your life was not an accident. Number two, there are time periods for things. And I think number three, most importantly, just really stuck out to me. Frustration is a filter. Whatever's causing you frustration, there's a reason for that. And that can act as a filter. So there was a lot to take from that interview. So much that Brian is doing. I th- He's a busy, busy guy, <laughs> as you can tell. But I appreciate him taking the time to be on the show this week. Listen, if you need coaching or if you need uh, anything in your life, reach out to me, Tyson at TysonPriest.com. I'd love to hear from you, hear your story, and figure out how to help you through the transition that you're currently going through. Until next week, own it. Out. Out. 